Can't sleep? Don't want to sleep? Afraid to sleep? Are the windows closed? Are your doors locked? Did you check your closet? And under your bed? Maybe you should keep a light on in the hallway, just in case. Now settle in. Make yourself comfortable. Lay back. Close your eyes. And let me tell you a story. There's a debate these days about artificial intelligence taking over many of the jobs that humans do. Others are worried that electronic devices are interfering with the way our brains work. What might happen if someone turned the power of AI toward the task of actually controlling what people think and do? Such a day might be closer than you know. Best story ever. To paraphrase Mark Twain, Chadwick began, a man who doesn't read the internet is uninformed. A man who does is misinformed. I laughed. I think there's some debate whether Twain ever uttered that sentiment. But you may have a point. Chadwick Gray's dislike of the internet was legendary. It had taken him almost too long to move his magazine, Extraordinary Science Fiction, to the web. Now, most of the readers were online, though there was still a paper version printed and mailed to subscribers like me. I was fortunate to have many of my own stories grace the pages of the iconic magazine. Its history went all the way back to the Golden Age. Whenever I had these meetings with Chadwick, they usually devolved into a rant about the Internet, which I always found ironic, considering he was the editor of a science fiction magazine. Of course I have a point. And what's making things worse is all this artificial intelligence nonsense. Chadwick's hatred for the Internet was only matched by his utter contempt toward the current craze in AI. Such things, he firmly believed, should stay on the pages of science fiction stories. There are actually some rather exciting advances in the field. Managing complex systems, financial analysis, medical diagnoses. I'm talking about this natural language stuff. I have a man coming in this afternoon to persuade me of the benefits of using AI-written stories. They're coming for your job, my friend. I sat back in my well-cushioned chair. You're not seriously considering using computer-generated fiction, are you? No, of course not. I've read some of it. Trite drivel, in my expert opinion. I'll be long gone in my grave before any of that twaddle appears in the pages of my magazine. That's good to hear. You have nothing to worry about he said with a dismissive wave of his hand. You are the embodiment of why this AI phase in literature will be a short-lived fad. I don't accept that any computer will ever be able to come up with anything truly original. It just recycles what exceptional writers like you have already created. Thanks, I said. It wasn't often I got praise like that from Chadwick. Usually it was his job to point out the flaws in my stories. To be fair, he was usually right, but it was nice to hear an unsolicited compliment. By the way, congratulations. We're using your story for the cover this month, he said with a grin. That's great, I replied. I'd made the cover once before. Whenever I was featured like that, 
my book sales got a nice little bump. When can I expect your next tale? Soon, I promised. I think you're going to like it. I usually do. Chadwick rose and extended his hand, his customary gesture to end a meeting and say goodbye. I stood up, shook his hand, and took my leave. One week later, I sat down at the desk in my tiny home office and hit the bookmark on my browser for the Extraordinary Science Fiction website. I had a subscription to the print edition as well, but I wanted to know which scene from my story Chadwick had selected for the cover. At first, I thought they hadn't updated the site with the latest issue. My name and the title of my story were nowhere to be seen, and the alien landscape on my screen had nothing to do with the story Chadwick had bought for me about a robot who learned how to do magic. I checked to see that the month displayed in the upper right-hand corner was correct. It was. I searched the electronic table of contents. My story was nowhere to be found. Chadwick had bumped me from the issue completely. I picked up my phone and dialed his number. His secretary answered. Hi, Franny, it's Diego Gomez. Is Chadwick available? Let me check, she said. A moment later, she came back onto the line. I'll connect you. The phone made a click, and I heard Chadwick's friendly, booming voice. Diego, how are you? Not great, I replied. I thought my story was going to be on the cover, but I don't see it in this month's online edition at all. Ah, yes, I had to bump it. Perhaps next month. I returned my attention to the digital copy of Extraordinary on my computer screen. Who's Finian Finnegan? I asked. He was the author of the story that had displaced mine from the cover. Oh, it's very exciting, Chadwick reported. What is? It's an AI-generated story. You should read it. It's quite possibly the best story ever. I was flabbergasted. That was the only word for it. Only last week, Chadwick had insisted he would never use artificial intelligence for the stories in Extraordinary. Yet, here he was, putting one on the cover. I thought you said... Yes, I know. All I can say is I was wrong. You really should read it. And don't worry, we'll find a spot for your little story next month. Now, I'm sorry to cut this short, but I have a lot of work to do for next month's issue. He hung up. What was going on? What caused my editor, my friend, one of the staunchest critics of AI fiction I knew, to suddenly become an excited proponent? I opened the story on my computer screen and started reading. It was at best an okay story. It was full of tropes and cliches, void of any originality or creativity. I checked the comments section to see if anyone had posted any remarks yet. There were hundreds of glowing reviews, predicting it was a shoo-in for the Hugo Awards and clamoring for more from Finney and Finnegan. I sat back, stunned. What was I missing? Was this story really that good? Was my jealousy at being bumped from the cover by a computer-generated story blinding me to the virtues of the tale? I picked up my phone and dialed a writer friend of mine who also frequently graced the pages of extraordinary science fiction. He answered on the first ring. Hello? Paul, it's Diego. Diego, I was just thinking about you. You were? Yeah. Have you read the cover story in Extraordinary yet? As a matter of fact, I have. It's why I'm calling. It's incredible, don't you think? No, I declared. Are you pulling my leg? 
Is this some elaborate practical joke Chadwick put you up to? Joke? No, not at all. It's a remarkable story. I can't wait to read more from Finian. You do understand that it's an AI-generated story. I think you're overreacting, Diego. I don't care if he's a monkey banging away at a typewriter. It's an amazing story, Paul insisted. It's complete piffle, I almost shouted. There was a pause. Diego, as a friend, I have to tell you, this reaction is wholly inappropriate. Why can't you be happy for a fellow author's success? It's not a fellow author. It's an AI. I'm going to hang up now, Paul announced. Call me back when you calm down. I really think you should talk to someone about this irrational attitude of yours. Irrational? I stopped myself before saying anything else and took a deep breath. Sorry, Paul. I guess I'm just upset that my story got bumped from this month's cover. Well, that's understandable. But seriously, if you want to talk to someone, I know a guy. Thanks, I might take you up on that, I replied. I hung up my phone and fell back into my chair, sighing in frustration. Had the world gone mad? Maybe it was a joke Chadwick was playing, and Paul was in on it. Theoretically, they could serve up a different version of the magazine to me when I logged into the website. But it wasn't like the stodgy old editor to go to such lengths, especially when it came to his magazine. I picked up the phone again and dialed the number for Chadwick's office. Hi, Franny. It's Diego again. I'm sorry, Diego. He's in a meeting right now. That's all right. I don't want to speak to him. I had a question for you. How can I help? Last week, Chadwick mentioned he had a meeting with someone about AI-created stories. Would you happen to remember who that was? Of course, she replied excitedly. I was the one who insisted Mr. Gray meet with him. I read a lot of the stories that are submitted, as you well know, and I insisted he hear the man out. It was such an astounding tale. I kept hounding Mr. Gray until he agreed. Well, that explained why Chadwick took the meeting in the first place. He had absolute faith in Franny's judgment when it came to stories. So did I, for that matter. She had worked at Extraordinary for decades. No writer got to Chadwick without first impressing Franny King. Can you tell me his name? I asked. I don't see why not, Franny replied. It's on the cover of this month's magazine. Finian Finnegan? He published a computer-generated story under his own name? Of course. It seems fair, since he's the one who wrote the program that created the story, that he gets the credit, don't you think? My personal feelings on that topic were at absolute odds with Franny, and apparently Chadwick, but I didn't want to argue the point at the moment. Do you have a number where I can reach him? I have his email address, Franny offered. Thanks, I said. It's Finian Finnegan at InnovativeAdvertising.ai. I wrote it down. Thanks again, Franny. The second part of the email address caught my attention. InnovativeAdvertising.ai. I popped the domain name into my web browser and a website for an ad agency appeared. They promised guaranteed results, increased sales, and brand recognition. There was a link that bragged about their highly effective political ad campaigns as well. I poked around a bit. Apparently they used an artificial intelligence algorithm that analyzed a century's worth of successful ads and isolated the elements that made them so. With that information in hand, 
They were able to craft slogans, catchphrases, television, radio, and print ad copy that exceeded all ordinary advertising metrics. I found the page of the website where I could arrange a consultation. They were located in the city, so I filled out the form and arranged for a meeting the following day. The offices of innovative advertising were sparse and, aside from a man hunched over a computer at a desk in one corner, devoid of any people. There were, however, computers everywhere. Their displays showed rapidly scrolling pages of information, videos playing at maximum fast-forward speeds, and other seemingly random data. I stepped inside and cleared my throat to get his attention. The man looked up from his screen and peered over his reading glasses at me. Oh, hello, Mr. Gomez, I presume? Yes, that's right. Please, come in. You'll have to forgive the mess. There was a general sense of disorder in the office, but nothing I would consider offensive enough to need forgiveness. The man pointed at a sitting area in one corner, where a couch and a couple of chairs framed a low coffee table, upon which sat a pair of laptop computers. He sat in one of the chairs and motioned for me to take a spot on the couch. How can I help you, Mr. Gomez? You're Finian Finnegan? I asked. Please, just Finn. Okay, Finn. You're responsible for the story on the cover of this month's Extraordinary Science Fiction magazine? Yes, I am, he stated proudly. It's quite an incredible story, don't you think? Actually, no, I don't. His face screwed up into an expression of confusion and consternation. That's odd. Is it? Not everyone enjoys every story I write. Ah, you're a writer too. Perhaps that has something to do with it. Seems to me that anyone with a moderately functioning brain would find the story rather vapid and uninspired. He nodded, not in agreement, but as if acknowledging a point of curiosity. You don't feel compelled to tell everyone you know how good it is, and that they should read it right away? Not in the least. I just had a call with Chadwick Gray, the editor of Extraordinary This Morning. Yes, I know him well. He told me they sold out of the print edition and the online subscriptions are through the roof. All because of that story? I asked, puzzled. Indeed. There was obviously something I was missing. Mr. Finnegan, Finn, how is it you came to create that story? It's quite obvious you're in an entirely different line of work from writing fiction. Am I, though? Aren't the goals of both our vocations to persuade our audiences? In your case, it's telling a story that engenders the willing suspension of disbelief. And in mine, it's creating a reality for consumers in which they absolutely need what I'm selling them. I don't see how the two compare at all, I said. Well, be that as it may, as someone who has mastered the latter, I found myself drawn to the notion of what would happen if I turned my algorithm toward writing stories that everyone wanted to read. And how do you manage that? Ah, good question. Most people think it's a matter of persuasion, but it's more than that. I have uncovered a technique for reprogramming the human brain. Reprogramming? What do you mean? What my algorithm has discovered is that there are certain combinations of fundamental themes, concepts, words, and even syllables that have the ability to essentially rewire a person's mind. To what end? Well, I have most successfully devoted the technique toward advertising. 
People see, read, or hear the ads my AI generates, and they are compelled to buy the product or service advertised, or vote for a specific candidate. My political business is really taking off. This all seems rather fanciful, I replied. I don't see how that's possible. Do you know what a meme is? Yeah, those goofy little social media pictures. No, no, I'm talking about the original definition proposed by Richard Dawkins in his book The Selfish Gene. Essentially, it's an idea, behavior, or style that spreads from person to person within a culture. Universal truths that gain traction, like those you find in religious texts or political philosophies. They take hold in the minds of the populace and assume a life of their own. Dawkins believed it was a matter of natural selection, analogous to the way evolution and genes work hand in hand. But it's my theory that they do so by fundamentally altering the pathways between neurons in the brain. Interesting theory. Oh, it's more than that. I have been able to use my machine learning algorithms to analyze and isolate the most successful memes throughout all of recorded history. By studying the patterns found in them, I created a tool that can generate language that programs the human mind to do almost anything I want it to. If you want a surefire pickup line, I ignored the offer. That's how you convinced Chadwick to buy your story and put it on the cover? Once he read it, his mind was wired to believe it was the best story ever written, and that he had to share it with as many people as possible. Obviously, the most effective way to do that was to put it on the cover of the next issue of his magazine. And now that others have read it, they're spreading the word. Except, curiously, you. Because I'm a writer myself? Perhaps. Maybe there's some other factor I'm overlooking. Regardless, it doesn't have to work 100% of the time to be effective. Chadwick has already ordered 12 more stories, and I'm already fielding offers for book deals. Incredible, I said. So, are you interested in availing yourself of my services? I can easily craft an ad campaign that will cause people to buy your books. You'll become an overnight bestseller. The offer was tempting, but I politely declined. I don't think I'm comfortable doing that. Suit yourself. Well, I do have a lot of work I need to get to, Finn said, ending our little meeting. Of course, thank you for your time. I left the Office of Innovative Advertising with more questions than answers. I didn't believe for a moment that it was possible to program the human mind with a story, let alone a 30-second television spot or bus stop ad. There had to be something else at work here. Perhaps Finn had bribed or blackmailed Chadwick. Maybe that's what all the computers were doing in his office, scanning the internet for evidence of hidden malfeasance or dirty laundry on various people, which the ad man then used to his advantage. Regardless, I had to do something, or my beloved genre of science fiction was going to fall completely under the influence of Finn and his algorithm, and there was nothing stopping him from doing the same to others. When I got home, I reread the story he had placed in Extraordinary Science Fiction. The second time through, I found myself having a slightly more favorable opinion of it. Was there something to Finn's theory that words could reprogram the human mind? Cause it to form opinions? Take actions? Become an unflagging advocate for a certain story or digital author? If so, how could I stop it? Perhaps if one was aware of the intention of the story the underlying mimetic message that Finn was hiding between the words. 
I left my apartment for the second time that day and headed over to the offices of Extraordinary, intent on confronting its editor. When I arrived, I greeted Franny and asked if Chadwick could spare a few minutes. She glared at me with an expression of anger and resentment. I'm sorry. I have strict instructions that you're not to see Mr. Gray. I was shocked. What? You can't be serious. Chadwick told you that? I have been given strict instructions, she repeated. Her computer was positioned so that I could see what was on the screen. It was an email. From Finian Finnegan at InnovativeAdvertising.ai. Finn had gotten to her. He had programmed her to deny me access to Chadwick. Okay, I understand, I told her, turning slowly toward the exit. As Franny refocused her attention on what she was doing, I made a dash for the door that led to Chadwick's office. I turned the knob and pushed my way in before Franny could leap from her chair to stop me. Diego, what a surprise, Chadwick said, smiling up from the manuscript he was reading. I'm so sorry, Mr. Gray, Franny said from behind me. He got past me. I'll call security at once. Nonsense, Franny, Chadwick replied. It's Diego. He's always welcome. I could sense the conflict on Franny's face. The years of loyalty battling the hack of her brain Finn had inflicted via his email. That's all, Chadwick said, dismissing Franny. She backed away and closed the door. I took a seat in front of Chadwick's desk. Well, to what do I owe this wonderful surprise? He asked. It's about Finny and Finnegan. I began. Ah, uh, yes, a remarkable man. I met him. Then you know what I mean. Such talent. A truly extraordinary writer. You do know that his story was AI-generated. Well, that's just a technicality. I mean, he's the one who programmed the algorithm. So, in truth, he's the author of anything it creates. Chadwick, I've come to believe that Finn's stories are more than just stories. I'm convinced he's using them to, well, brainwash people. Brainwashing? Yes, the story convinces the reader it's the best thing they've ever read, and they feel a compulsion to share it with others. Or maybe it's just a damn good story, Chadwick offered. No, it's not. It's ordinary at best. The type of computer-generated drivel you railed against just last week. I recognize what you're going through. Professional jealousy. It's hard to accept that a first-time writer can achieve such popularity so quickly. It's natural for you to feel this way. It's not that at all. It's a trick. He found a way to program the human brain. A chime emanated from Chadwick's phone. He picked it up and glanced at something on the screen, reading. When he was done, he put the phone down and took on a completely different air. You should go now, Diego. In fact, I'm afraid we won't be having any more use for your services. I trust you can see yourself out. I laughed. Chadwick didn't. You're serious? I glanced at his phone. His hand reached out to cover the screen. But before he did, I could see that the message he just read was from Finn. Franny, he shouted. Would you please call security? No need for that, I said, getting to my feet. I won't bother you again. I left and exited the building as quickly as I could. Finn was more insidious than I could have imagined. Since his memetic programming didn't work on me, he was turning everyone else against me. 
there had to be someone who could help me. I remembered a woman I had spoken to years earlier, someone who worked in the cybercrime division of the FBI. I was doing some research for a novel and she helped me with some procedural and technical details. Foster, Elaine Foster. I checked my phone to see if I still had her contact information. There she was. I dialed the number. Federal Bureau of Investigation, how may I direct your call? The operator asked. Special Agent Elaine Foster, please. Just a moment. The phone beeped as the call was transferred. This is Special Agent Foster. Hello, Special Agent. This is Diego Gomez. I don't know if you remember me. Of course. Mr. Gomez, you're the science fiction writer. Working on a new book? No, actually, I think there's someone who's been committing some kind of... I don't know how to describe it. He's using an AI to brainwash people. Special Agent Foster laughed. <laughs> well, unless he's brainwashing people into committing crimes, I'm afraid that's outside the purview of the FBI. I thought for a moment. He very well may be. He can make people do almost anything. And you have evidence of this? Yes, I lied. There was a pause. Okay. Can you come to my office this afternoon? In about an hour? Sure. Give me the details and I'll start doing some background. Then you can tell me exactly what he's been up to. What's the name? Finian Finnegan. Seriously? I gave her the information about innovative advertising and the setup he had in his office. Then we said our goodbyes. An hour later, an agent escorted me to Special Agent Foster's office. She sat behind her desk, her arms crossed. Please sit down, Mr. Gomez, she ordered. I took a seat. Did you find anything yet? Did you uncover any information about Mr. Finnegan? I reached out to Finn, she confirmed. Something was wrong. She called him Finn. He sent me a very polite email explaining the situation. Oh no, he'd gotten to her. So good to see you again, Mr. Gomez, a familiar voice said behind me. I turned to see Finn standing in the doorway, smiling. You really have turned out to be quite a thorn in my side. He held a sheet of paper in his hand. I couldn't figure out how you were immune to my memetic programming until I did a little research into your background. He handed the sheet of paper to me. I looked at it. It was written in Spanish. The first part was details of my birth and childhood in El Salvador. The rest were seemingly random sentences in my native tongue. You see, English isn't your first language. That's why my story didn't work on you. I'll bet you still dream in Spanish, don't you? He asked rhetorically. Well, now that I've used the correct language, I'm sure you've come around. I turned to Finn. I'm sorry I was so critical of your story, I heard myself say. It really is the best story ever. Thank you, Diego. By the way, I've decided to give up advertising and try my hand at politics. If you play your cards right, there may be a position for you on my team. I'll do whatever I can to help, I promised without hesitation. I know you will. My little experiment with that science fiction story proved the concept. Now I can apply my memetic programming to something more meaningful. I'm launching my campaign for the Senate tomorrow. I'm sure I'll have a lot of support. I'll vote for you. In fact, I think you would make a great president, I told him. And I believed it completely. Thank you, Diego, he said with a smile. I've been hearing that a lot lately. 
Thank you for listening to Best Story Ever, written especially for the Bedtime Stories for Insomniac's Fiction Podcast by Rich Hosek. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Rate us on Apple, Spotify, and Audible. And share these stories, as well as the unabridged audiobook versions of my novels, with anyone you know who enjoys audio fiction. Be sure to visit bedtimestories.studio, where you can sign up for our Insomniac's Snoozeletter to be notified of new episodes and exclusive offers, and get a free bookmark. You can visit richhosick.com to learn more about the host of Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs. Thanks again, and all the very best.